Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Tuesday, the 18th of April in London. Coming up today. Making work pay. UK wage growth accelerates, leaving the BOE with an inflationary headache. Flowrider deposit outflows top $60 billion at key US lenders as customers hunt for better returns. Apple puts down banking routes. The tech giant teams up with Goldman to offer market-leading savings rates. Bosses pay workers to move closer to the office. A call to discuss the menopause at work and the price of food basics to jump by 80%. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers and I'm Leanne Gerrans. Plus, has high inflation sounded the death knell for the 60-40 portfolio? BlackRock says it's time to ditch the strategy. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning from London. I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Anna Edwards. You're listening to Daybreak Europe. Top stories this morning. Let's start with that. UK wage growth has unexpectedly accelerated, adding to the inflationary pressure on the UK economy. Average earnings, excluding bonuses, rose by 6.6% in the three months through February, compared with a year ago. That's the same pace as the previous period, but economists had expected a slowdown in that figure. Bloomberg's UK correspondent Lizzie Burden says the data is now sending a clear message to the BOE. We had expected mixed signals, but actually this all points in the same direction. The labour market's even tighter than the Bank of England had thought, had hoped, um, and it really ramps up the pressure for another hike, which is what markets already expected. The ONS data also shows that 348,000 working days were lost in February to industrial action as civil servants, nurses and teachers all went on strike. This as pay in the public sector grew by 5.3% from a year earlier compared with 6.9% in the private sector. Turning to China next, where the economy grew by 4.5% in the first quarter from a year earlier, the fastest pace in a year. A rebound in consumer spending and a ramping up in government infrastructure investment helping to boost growth. Morgan Stanley's chief China economist, Robin Jing, believes there is more to come from the world's second largest economy. We do think if China can maintain that growth, it's still able to cross so-called middle-income trap, becoming a high-income economy by next year. So even if they want more quality growth, they still need a certain growth level. And at this moment, the year to date, it looks like they are on track to reach that growth. And we are looking for another about 5% growth for next year. 
Despite Robin Jing's optimism, the latest indicators for March show a more mixed picture with industrial activity remaining subdued. In the United States, money is being moved out of bank accounts at a pace not seen since the aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis. Bloomberg Markets reporter Valerie Titel explains. U.S. savers are not hanging around for low returns. The average bank rate is more than four percentage points lower than the Fed's current benchmark rate. And customers have noticed Charles Schwab, State Street and M&T saw almost $60 billion in combined bank deposit outflows just in the first quarter. It puts a spotlight on how larger banks like Morgan Stanley, Goldman and Bank of America fared. Their results are out later this week. In London, Valerie Titel, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. And it's not just traditional banks trying to hoover up moving consumers. Goldman Sachs is teaming up with Apple to grab a bigger slice of the deposit pie. The tech giant is offering an industry-beating 4.15% annual yield to lure in customers. It adds to Apple's expansion into financial services products, which includes a buy-now-pay-later program. This coming, of course, as Apple has opened its first store in India as well. Christine Lagarde, meanwhile, is warning that a fragmentation of the global economy is posing a challenge for central bankers. Here's what the ECB president told the Council on Foreign Relations in New York. As geopolitics lead to a fragmentation of the global economy into competing blocks, this calls for greater policy cohesion. Not compromising independence, but recognising the interdependence between policies and our each can best achieve their objective if aligned with a strategic goal. The European Central Central Bank President's comments reflect wider fears that rising political tensions will weigh on the global economy by disrupting trade, weakening growth and pushing up inflation. Christine Lagarde also said the rifts caused by the rivalry between the US and China could increase the rate of inflation by 5%. Over in the United States, BlackRock will begin selling failed bank securities today. Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet has the story. BlackRock is launching a months-long process to help the Federal Deposit Insurance Corp. offload $114 billion of assets it picked up from Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. According to emails about the sales sent to investors seen by Bloomberg, BlackRock's Financial Markets Advisory Unit is going to be launching mortgage-backed security pool sales and continue the process later in the week. The government hired BlackRock to sell the collapsed bank securities earlier this month, highlighting the firm's role as an advisor to regulators in times of financial peril. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Well, another news from BlackRock. The fund manager strategists are now advising investors to ditch the 60-40 portfolio to navigate higher interest rates. The BlackRock Investment Institute now recommends, quote, breaking up traditional asset allocation buckets and moving away from broad allocations to public equities and bonds. A Bloomberg US 60-40 portfolio index is up by 6.3% this year, but that's after tumbling by almost 17% in 2022, which was the biggest annual drop in over a decade. So those are our top stories on the programme this morning. Uh, Anna, if you're looking for any news on the terminal to make us worried about the future of our jobs, mm. uh, our good old friend ChatGPT is back in the news and it's <laughs> deciphering Fed speak. You seem to like bringing me these stories. Yes, exactly. It's nothing personal, I promise. <laughs> uh, but it does seem like so there's two papers have uh, looked at research of how the chatbot uh, performed in what's described as market relevant tasks. So deciphering whether Fed commentary was hawkish or dovish and one in determining whether 
headlines were good or bad news mm. for stock markets. So I'm sure it could speed up some people's jobs. Yeah. Um, certainly could help to give me some extra vocabulary, perhaps to uh, describe moves as they're happening. Well, yeah, maybe we get a little sleep in, a little lie in <laughs> in the morning sleep. There's, there's the upside for you. That's I'm having slightly less personal thoughts, though, when it comes to AI. There's the whole chat GPT uh, story or the rivals to it. So Elon Musk confirming overnight that he is looking to step into that space. He wants to create a rival. He was involved in OpenAI in the early days, but he wants to create an, uh, uh, rivals to Google's DeepMind and to Microsoft's OpenAI. So look for him uh, as the latest chatbot. Um, he, this opens lots of questions around regulation. We picked up on these on Bloomberg TV earlier around how you align, if you align these chatbots with human values and whose who's human values. And then, of course, there's the existential conversation around AI, which is probably a little bit much for uh, 8.08 on a, yes, on a exactly. Tuesday morning. Uh, but yeah, as soon as you go down that road, it, it, it's, it's uh, mind-blowing. Indeed. Uh, among other things. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think that's a very, fairly uh, cogent assessment. Let's dig into some of it more closer to home data, though. This is the latest uh, UK jobs numbers out this morning. We've got our senior UK economist, Dan Hansen, uh, with us for more. Dan, good morning to you. So the big surprise in these numbers was wage growth unchanged at 6.6%. Why hasn't that come down? Well, that's a really good question. I think the the reason why is that we're seeing continuing to see, I should say, the the influence of the tightness of the labour market. It, it, the labour market is loosening, so we've seen um, the unemployment rate pick up um, a little bit in the data this morning, but it's loosening from a very very tight uh, from a tight point. So, I think what we're seeing is that still coming through. And the other thing to say about wage growth is that inflation is still very high, and so that. Uh, employees look at that and they they bargain for higher wages in the context of a tight labour market. So it's that combination of a tight labour market, high inflation is still and continuing to push up on wage growth. And it's going to come as quite a surprise, I think, to the Bank of England as well. Mm, And we're waiting for inflation data due out tomorrow uh, then, Dan. We expect that to come down from 10.4 down to, wow, single digits, 9.8. We'll see if that happens. Um, But all of this in the context of of the wage story that you described there, where private sector wages are up by, what, 6.9%, public sector 5.3%. What's your focus when when you look at that side of the data? Yeah, so that's a, that's a good question. So I think the, the, the thing to really focus in on is private sector wages. And the Bank of England has been very clear that it's looking at private sector wages and particularly private sector wages and surprises on that metric. And I think this morning's data was a big surprise. So if you look at it all, look at the data, public sector, private sector, the surprise in wage growth was driven by um, the private sector. So as I say, as I said in the answer to the first question, I think that is going to definitely pique the interest of the Bank of England. You're right, we've got CPI data tomorrow, but I think looking at that, the scale of the surprise, I think it's going to be quite hard for them to ignore that that message that's coming from the data. Yeah, I mean, put that in context of, of where we are thinking on, on the Bank of England's next decision then. Is this going to move the dial in terms of whether or not there is a, a pause or another hike? Yeah, so I mean, just to put the numbers in context, I mean, we Annie, you said there we've got 6.9% on private sector pay growth. The Bank of England, and we think as well, that the level of pay growth that is consistent with the inflation target is about 3%. So you're well over double um, the the level that you need to to hit the inflation target on a consistent and uh, consistent basis in the medium term. I mean, to answer your question, Stephen, I think for us, and we've put out a note this morning on this, this tips the balance towards them hiking in May. 
Now, this, this is such a big surprise relative to our forecast and we think relative to their forecast. But I think even if you do get a slowdown in inflation tomorrow from 10.4%, we're expecting 9.8%. That's obviously still extremely high relative to a 2% target. Mm. Um, we think this pay, they'll focus in on this pay growth number and the, the fact that this gives them signs that they will, inflation is looking persistent, it's looking entrenched. Okay. I, think, yeah. I think it tips the balance. And if, I think FX markets must have been with you as we saw the pound jump uh, three-tenths of a percent as a result of this. 124.15 is where we trade on cable. Dan, thank you very much. UK economist here at Bloomberg. Dan Hansen uh, with us with the latest there. Up next, bosses pay workers to move closer to the office, apparently. A call to discuss the menopause at work and the price of food basics jumps by 80%. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do. That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Now, the paper review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. And Bloomberg's Leanne Gerrans is with us in studio with the details of those stories. Leanne, let's start in the Wall Street Journal. Bosses pay workers to move closer to offices. This isn't a case of asking people to move in across the street, though, is it? No, it's not indeed. So companies are bringing back relocation benefits, Stephen, meaning that workers are getting paid again to move across the country and around the world. Now, this latest push shows that companies, both big and small, believe employees actually do better when they come in to the office and work. And this is all according to the story in the Wall Street Journal. Indeed, says job listings in the US that mention relocation benefits were actually up nearly 75% in February when they did compare that data with the year before. Now, some employees are also paying the cost to move remote hires, those people hired during the pandemic, back on site. Now, I was thinking, I wonder how much a cost does move. So, 19 
$15,000 for a renter, $72,000 for a homeowner. And this is all according to ARC relocation data, once again mentioned in the paper. And I was just thinking, does this mark a new movement in the way companies think about remote working? Are we moving away from, you know, that home working we had during in the pandemic? Now, remember, this is over in the US, not in the UK. So I do wonder if it's a similar picture. Mm, Okay, take us on to the next story that we've picked out this morning then, Leanne. (laughs) The the story reads, be like Richard Branson and discuss the menopause. Words I'm not not sure I ever thought I'd put together, but bosses urged uh, this in in a headline in The Times. This is what what the the Times headline says. Uh, Tell us what it is that Richard Branson's been doing and where that takes us in this conversation. Yes, I will, Anna. I also never thought I'd say those words altogether, but here we are. So the former Virgin Money boss discusses how Richard Branson helped her realise the impact of menopause. Now, this is a really powerful article that Jane Ann Gadea talks about. And she also discusses her personal struggles. It's very honest about what she went through while she was going through menopause. Now, Gadea says at the time she didn't realise that all her emotions that she was experiencing were actually linked to the menopause. And why? That's because she says that no one actually discusses the topic openly and her argument is they should be talking to each other. Interestingly, she says Richard Branson was the only person who noticed it. They had an extremely close relationship. It is important to say this. And he actually said to her, you seem difficult at the moment and asked her if it was the menopause. And she said, we need role models like Branson in the workplace who are understanding and also allow the occasional day off and recognise the struggles women are really going through at this time. Gadaya interestingly says, I think ministers are right not to support menopause leave, saying it's too structured for something that mm. is the least structured life event she's ever experienced. This is a really interesting piece on the way she suffered in her life and at the work and at the workplace due to menopause. Right, yeah, and very important as you point out, Leanne, to say that they had this very close relationship very. because I can't imagine it goes well for every boss to, to ask ask their female employees if they're difficult you know is it is it the menopause I just can imagine how that conversation might go wrong but I'm very glad that it went right in this particular case Stephen move us on let's go to the Guardian next Leanne which has been looking at the cost of British food basics increasing by up to 80% in a year I don't think we're surprised at this stage the prices are going up 80% though seems enormous yeah we're not surprised that prices are going up but 80% you are right it's enormous and it's also the basics that are being affected which lots of people rely on and now the price of a staple food such as cheddar cheese white bread and pork sausages have actually soared by 80% in some shops over the past year and as you say Stephen this really comes as inflation sends prices of items on supermarket shelves sky high. Porridge oats actually has seen the steepest rise. That's up 35% according to the consumer group which other basics used daily are also skyrocketing like skimmed milk. That's up 33.6% and as does budget just essential pork sausages were also up by 73%. So this is a bleak 
picture and it is Witch's latest supermarket food and drink tracker that The Guardian is speaking about. And like I said, bleak picture for millions of people who are already saying they're having to skip meals to pay for their heating bills and those increase in the um, bills we're paying for our homes. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.